You're listening to KCIW 100.7 FM, and this is a special KCIW News Report. I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard, and you may recall earlier this year, Curry County Commissioner Chris Pash asked Commissioner Court Boyce about accusations of corruption. It happened during a Board of Commissioners meeting. Mr. Pash revealed that he had a copy of an email dated February 6th and sent by Mr. Boyce to a Curry County citizen. In that email, Mr. Boyce claimed that Mr. Pash was corrupt. Not only that, the email also claimed Commissioner John Herzog was weak and that Treasurer David Barnes was, in Boyce's words, fully running Curry County. You can see a copy of that email on the KCIW website. And its bold accusations prompted KCIW to take a closer look at what really is going on at Curry County's government offices. Is there corruption in Curry County? Is our treasurer really pulling the strings of one of our commissioners? KCIW interviewed more than a dozen people for this report, including former and current elected county officials and employees, as well as citizen volunteers. They tell us stories of elected officials padding their retirement, possible election fraud, favoritism, nepotism, and fear for their jobs. There are people who work in Curry County government who say they're scared of some of our elected officials, and they're scared to talk about it because they're scared of losing their jobs. I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard in the KCIW Newsroom, and this is a special report. Curry County Government, Behind Closed Doors. It's no secret Curry County has its share of problems. It's poor. Fifteen out of every hundred people here lives in poverty, and more than a third of its residents are over 65, which means a lot of the folks who live in Curry County depend on government assistance. Combine that with a dying salmon population, timber jobs disappearing, plus COVID, and it's easy to see that in Curry County, people are hurting. Jobs are hard to come by, and housing here has reached a crisis point. So even if you do have a job waiting for you in Curry County, you might not be able to find a place to live. That's why doctors, nurses, teachers, and other professionals who would like to live here can't. And something else to know. Curry County is ranked number three in the state when it comes to gun deaths. The suicide rate here is either the highest or among the highest in the state, depending on the study you look at. And what's more, the county's pretty much broke. Federal money Curry County used to get from timber sales has disappeared. So every penny matters to the Curry County coffers, and there are no extras. We are right now, the departments of Curry County are, I guess, you would call it mandated minimum services. That's Curry County Treasurer David Barnes. Um, there's, there's a list of services required by the state that to be performed by the county, and none of the departments are really operating above that. There's no luxury in, in the county, okay? There's no people doing things because they think it would be a good idea. Everybody is operating at a bare-bones minimum right now. Our biggest issue is that we do not, since the loss of timber money, we do not have enough revenue to cover the expenses required to provide bare minimum services. That is so, our biggest issue. So how do we, how does the county make more money? What should we do? That is the job of the commissioners. And that's really the heart of the issue, because the Curry County Board of Commissioners has a hard time doing its job. Board of Commissioner meetings are legendary in the county, not only for their length, some last literally the entire day, 
but also for the public, personal attacks and squabbling that are regularly on display. Now, all of this is not lost on the folks who pay attention, the people who volunteer for committees, the ones who show up at just about every scheduled meeting or workshop, or by the employees at the county. They all see very clearly the issues at Curry County government offices. Um, There's control issues, power issues. puppeteering issues, bribing issues, um, harassment issues, threatening issues. That's former County Facilities and Maintenance Director Chet Brewer. It goes on and on and on. And, you know, the really sad part is, is we've lost a lot of good people just in the years I've been there because of this, the fear, the retaliation, the, you know, job uh, just anything they can to control the situation. They want the county to run the way they want it to run and how they think it should be ran by the people they think it should be ran by. The they Brewer is talking about involves elected officials, and if they don't like you, we're told they can make your life very difficult as a Curry County employee. It's caused an exodus of what many call good people, supervisors and managers who are leaving Curry County government. Finance Director Brad Ruckert was the latest to leave. He resigned from his position in early June. Also gone, County Administrator Clark Schroeder, Director of Operations Julie Schmelzer, and Director of County Emergency Operations Jeremy Dumeyer. Schmelzer resigned because of what she called ethics issues, and Dumeyer said in his resignation letter that he was leaving Curry County government because of, in his words, its toxic work environment. But none of that surprises Brian Grumman. When you have elected officials managing employees, it becomes a patronage system. Grumman knows what he's talking about. He spent much of his professional life taking struggling businesses and helping them to succeed. And he spent a lot of time at Curry County government offices, both as an observer and as a volunteer on multiple committees. So he's seen firsthand the problems there. And Grumman says the problems at the county all come down to what he calls a patronage system. You basically end up with employees that keep their jobs by doing um, personal favors or doing the bidding of the commissioners um, in a political way rather than in a uh, job-related way. In other words, they pretty soon realize they keep their jobs, not by doing what's expected of them, but by making sure they don't irritate the commissioners. KCIW interviewed more than a dozen people for this report, former and current elected officials, as well as employees and citizens, who spoke to us both on the record and as background. And we heard a lot about favoritism, nepotism, fear, reprisal, power, and control. It all adds up to what Brian Grumman calls a patronage system at the county. We're told Curry is run by a small group of people, some of them elected officials, all of whom are determined to keep their jobs and the status quo, with Curry County running exactly the way it has been for years, with them in control. Chet Brewer is the former Curry County Facilities and Maintenance Director. Brewer was electrocuted while working on a county project. He spent time in the hospital, ended up having multiple surgeries, but was refused workman's compensation. He has retained an attorney. Brewer knew he was going to be fired by the county and asked that it happen in a public meeting, He wanted his statement to the county recorded and noted that on his last employee evaluation, he exceeded expectations and did exceptional work. A written copy of that evaluation, as well as a copy of Brewer's statement, is available on the KCIW website. 
but we've been unable to find an audio or video recording of it, even though Brewer did ask that he be fired in a public meeting. But in the weeks before he left his position with Curry County, he spoke at length to KCIW about his experiences there. Do not cross Jim or Renee or your career is short-lived. Um, I was also told that stay away from court boys unless you need, you know, something done or taken care of or you're going to be willing to uh, do a favor for a favor because that's how court works. Court Boyce is a Curry County commissioner. Curry County clerk Renee Colon is married to Curry's tax assessor, Jim Colon. You know, like when I first got there, I was even told if the Colons want anything, you do it. If they ask for anything, you do it. You drop, stop and everything they want. Um, if court wants anything, even all the way down to using personal equipment of the county, you give it to him. Um, if the county don't have it, offer your own if you have it. Um, these are all verbal things, but that was what I was told by my supervisor and the other gentleman that I had worked with when I first started, uh, started my time there. Brewer kept meticulous records and has documentations of his interactions with them and with others at the county. He says he was harassed constantly while working there because he was trying to implement policies and procedures. Brewer says he got pushback, was undermined and threatened, and claimed the pressure he was working under caused him to take four different stress-related medications. He says the pressure was multi-pronged and constant. Brewer says he was even accused of election fraud. Remember, Chet Brewer was an employee at the county. He literally was in the county clerk's office working on projects and knew the employees and the clerk personally. But both he and his wife, Angel, received notices from the state of Oregon claiming the signatures on their ballots didn't match. You can see copies of those notices on the KCIW website. Brewer says that was just the tip of the harassment iceberg he experienced at the county, and he's not alone. When former Director of Emergency Services Jeremy Dumeyer chose to leave his position, he said it was because he was tired of being threatened. Dumeyer claimed in his resignation letter that he quit because he was done being, in his words, harassed and shamed in his job by Commissioner Court Boyce. A copy of Dumeyer's resignation is on the KCIW website. I can tell you that I have been subjected to malicious lies here nonstop for five years. And I'm just doing my job. That's Curry County Commissioner Court Boyce. He's a third-generation public servant. Court's grandfather was a judge and Curry County Commissioner, and his dad was sheriff during the 70s here. Court was elected without opposition to a second term on the board in 2020, but his tenure as a Curry County Commissioner has been controversial. While in office, he's been the target of an ethics investigation, has been censored by his fellow commissioners, sued by a private citizen, and by the county board of commissioners, and by the county treasurer. You know, the people want us to get along, okay? They want us to be productive. How do you get along with commissioners when they sue you, when they censor you, when they investigate you? I've never, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, Lori. I have never done that to a commissioner here. I have dug down and done my job six days a week, not bragging, not complaining, but I have never sued anyone here. I have never investigated anyone here. I have never censored anyone here. That's true. Mr. Boyce hasn't sued or censured his fellow commissioners, but when and where there are conflicts at the county, more often than not, Commissioner Boyce is involved. I'm not looking to dig up dirt, Court. I, I genuinely am not. I have been told by 10 people, because you're the 11th person that I've talked to, 
10 people that there are really major issues at the county, and it stems from three people, you, Jim, and Renee Colin. People talk about bullying. They talk about harassment. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ask you again: um, Are are you a bully court? Do you harass people? Thank you for that question. I was raised to respect people. I've already mentioned that. So my record of all the years that I was in the visitor pro- promotion business, all the years that, that I raised my family, all the employees that I've had over the years, you're not going to find anybody that says he's mean, he's disrespectful, he's a bully. You know that's a tactic that they use. When the bullies are the ones that are pointing the finger, and that is so common here. And I, you know, I, I'd love to see you talk to other people here. And you're saying that you have ten that say that um, that I'm narcissist, I'm a bully, that I've yelled. Okay, you said that twice now, correct? I, I that is what I that is not what I have said. That is what others have said. Others, like former Curry County Building Inspector Richard Stoffer. So what is your experience with regard to Commissioner Boyce and his position um, and how he works with department heads and employees at the county? Uh, he creates an extremely toxic environment. Um, he, in, in, in my experience with what I dealt with, uh, I dealt with him undermining my department um, through negativity. Um, he made it very difficult to do my job. Former Curry County Commissioner Sue Gold. Well, Commissioner Boyce uh, spent quite a bit of time harassing me. In fact, it was to the point where I confronted him and said, I am going to be keeping a log. Curry County Treasurer David Barnes. What's going on at the county, Dave? What do people need to know that's going on? Where's the problem? Who who are the who are the folks that are causing the problem? Um, to to put it in a nutshell, it centers around Commissioner Boyce. Okay, can you elaborate? Um, he is, you know, I I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Court may be may have been a commissioner for five years now, but I don't think for even a minute that he has been a member of the board of commissioners. He is just he's very self-serving, very self-centered, and it's it, it's he's not a team player. He's just all about court. I personally believe that uh, that court voice is a narcissist. That's Curry County Commissioner Chris Pash. Uh, and he's a gaslighting narcissist in the worst way. Mr. Boyce denies he's a narcissist and says others are to blame for the issues at the county. In fact, Mr. Boyce insisted we include his allegations of profanity involving Curry County Treasurer David Barnes and Commissioner Chris Pash. Boyce claims Treasurer Barnes used profanity while speaking to a female county employee and says Mr. Pash also used profanity while speaking to a female Department of Transportation worker. Treasurer Barnes is well known to be both salty and cantankerous in public meetings, but denies using profanity to his employee, and Pash apologized publicly for his rudeness. But what's happening in Curry County may actually have crossed the line from rudeness into corruption, because according to Commissioner Chris Pash, there may have been election tampering here. I actually believe that they tampered with an an election, and I talked to the Department of Justice about it. 
because what happened in that election, and I believe it was, um, gosh, I got to be careful with my words here. I believe it was a coordinated effort between several people. You may recall that in 2020, former Curry County Commissioner Terry Hanscom was elected to the position of treasurer. His opponent was Elizabeth Nikitin, who ran unopposed until literally the last moment. Hanscom filed his candidacy papers just three hours before the March 10, 2020 deadline, and he did win the election by six percentage points. But then he later refused to show up to train for the position. And then Terry Hanscom actually quit the job as treasurer before taking the oath of office. Remember, this was a former county commissioner who filed at the last minute and was elected to his seat, but didn't want the job. Hanscom's opponent, Elizabeth Nikitin, was furious at the time, and she told the Curry County Board of Commissioners she thought the election had been rigged. She named Jim Colon and Court Boyce as being part of the scheme to deny her the position of treasurer, And it's important to note that Elizabeth Nikitin asked for, but was not appointed to the job of Curry County Treasurer after Hanscom resigned. The position was offered to two other people instead, and eventually, David Barnes took the job. But even Barnes has questions about how the whole thing played out. Right. They, um, I believe that because of the way that Hanscom resigned, I'm not sure on this, but I believe that waiting till the moment that he did to resign, it precluded the job from automatically going to Nikit. Okay, and I I think this was all planned, but then they um, decided that they were going to interview for the position, uh, for the treasurer's position. And I went in and interviewed, and so did uh, Elizabeth and Douglas Baker, who they gave it to, and um, to and George Rhodes, I think, and somebody else. And um, it turned out they gave the position to uh, Baker. He lasted two days, and he quit because he realized it was a lot of work also. Commissioner Chris Pash says Curry County's elected officials have a history of grooming and supporting candidates. I, uh, I, I found it interesting because I got to see it full full um, circle. When I ran, when I was thinking about running for office the second time, which is this, this current election that I got elected to, um, I got a phone call one day, and it was from Renee, and she said, I need to come up to your house and talk to you. Are you home? And I said, yes. And five minutes later, she was at my house. And after that happened, and then she was asking me to run. After that, three or four phone calls um, within the next few weeks. You're sure you're going to run? You're, you're going to run? And then they came up. They uh, she came up to the house another time and talked to me. And then I met her at her office several times. And I met Jim a couple times in his office. And this was all before I even filed a run. And um, they were just kind of starting to lay groundwork with me on. Oh, these are the problems in the county, and this is what needs to change. And, oh, my gosh, it's not saying you have to do this if you're elected. If you want me to support you, you got to do that. It wasn't that. It was just those subtle, those su- that subtle little way of saying, man, this is the problem, and, and you're the guy to fix this kind of thing. Chris, and, doesn't uh, it seem a little bit odd, or did it raise any red flags that the county clerk was the one, the person who is in charge of elections 
was going out and recruiting candidates? Did that raise any red flags to you? Well, it's it's since now that I now that I understand um I hate to say how things work around here, it raises a lot of red flags for me. Possible election fraud issues have also circulated about Mr. Boyce since he first took office. One in particular was that he did not live in Curry County when he was first elected and that his wife was living in Medford. Mr. Boyce says he has an explanation and sent KCIW a document dated and signed May 6th of 2022 by several members of the Sweet family. They listed his residence as part-time in Agnes from 2005 to 2012 and full-time from 2012 to 2020. The document says Mr. Boyce served as a caretaker and project improvement manager for their property. A copy of that note is on the KCIW website. You sent me a a note that was dated in May of this year saying that you were living at the Sweet Ranch part-time from 2005 to 2012 and then full-time from 2012 to 2020. But you ran for Jackson County Commissioner in 2010. (laughs) And so I'm just wondering if you were in Jackson County or if you were in Curry County. Well, the letter speaks for itself. Uh, I was constantly, Lori, going back and forth. Uh, You know, I still spend a little time at my old lodge in the Rogue River Wilderness. My good friends purchased that lodge. I was a resident of uh, Jackson County for a short period of time. Uh, those relationships that I built and running, I had some friends over there. Good exposure because of my time on the river, my time at the lodge. A lot of friends in the Rogue Valley, they said, why don't you run for commissioner? You know, I didn't do too bad. I think I spent a total of $600. I didn't intend to win uh, or didn't have any uh, thoughts that I would win, but it was a very good experience. Now, those relationships are helping me govern, doing my part to properly govern govern Curry County. I'm telling you again, I have never yelled at anyone, okay? I have never raised my voice, never used profanity, never threatened anyone's job. But former Curry County Commissioner Sue Gold says that's not true. She says Boyce threatened her. Gold says after deciding to run for re-election, she found a note from Commissioner Boyce taped to her office door. Uh, the day after I filed... I got this note on my door from Boyce, uh, just going on and on and on about all of these things that I had done or I had not done, a lot of defamation type of things. And he not only put it on my door, but he sent it out to all kinds of people in the county. That note from Commissioner Boyce, which was taped to Commissioner Gold's door, asked her to immediately resign, claimed she worked part-time, used words like disgraceful, horrible, failure, and awful, along with threats of what Boyce called exposure of Gold's record by Timber Unity. A copy of this letter is on the KCIW website, and it's similar to other letters that Mr. Boyce has written about other people. One of those letters was published in the Curry Pilot newspaper and targeted former Curry County building inspector, Richard Stoffer. Stoffer had been hired as an inspector over Mr. Boyce's objections. A copy of that letter is also on the KCIW website. My first day on the job, I was greeted by Commissioner Boyce uh, in front of the whole uh, department, building department, and he wanted to know if I had read a letter that he wrote to the citizens of Curry County via the the local newspaper, and I said I had heard about it, 
and he laughed and said, welcome to Curry County. So that was my first day on the job of kind of seeing how things were going to be. Um, what did the letter, what was the letter about? What did the letter say? The letter was about the county hiring me and the fact that I wasn't a qualified building official, um, that I had no qualifications, should never have been hired, um, where I'm a licensed building official, have multiple trade licenses, um, multiple inspection certifications, and I've been in the trades for 32 years uh, managing multi-million dollar budgets. Uh, so I have a lot of experience. Commissioner Boyce says he has a different recollection of Stoffer's first day. You brought up the Stoffer situation. He was incompetent. I'm not going to protect him. It is true. I was not biased in the beginning, but when I saw he couldn't do the job and the county was paying a fortune into keeping him afloat, no, I, I, I wanted him gone. Um, Court, you were and, biased in the you were biased in the beginning before he even stepped foot in county offices. My job is to analyze. Wait, 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 let me wait, wait, wait. You didn't give him a chance. You were outvoted. You wrote a letter. You you published it in the in the in the pilot, saying that you thought he was not qualified and that you disagreed with the board's uh, vote to to hire him through. Schroeder. And when he got there, he says that the first thing that you said to me was, uh, that the first thing that you said to him was, did you see the paper? Welcome to Curry County, which to me isn't a very welcoming thing to say. Completely false. You know, I never had that kind of relationship with him. I never unwelcomed him or said anything terribly unprofessional and and inappropriate like that. Never did that. Okay. Why would you say that then? Because people lie all the time. That's the way it's done nowadays. Okay, they lie. Look, I have, I have your, but I have your letter about him that was dated in, uh, let's see, October third, two thousand eighteen, rehiring a new building official. Okay, so so if he's incompetent, and it's cost the county thousands of dollars. Right, he hadn't he hadn't even started yet. And he, well, and because he his he resume didn't qualify him, and Schroeder knew that. Okay? But you were so not I the have... person hiring him. That, that is not the job of the commissioners. The commissioner's job is to set policy, not to hire people. Oh, I totally disagree with that. If, if I had it to do over again, I would make sure the, that every single applicant come through before the Board of Commissioners. KCIW is told that desire to control all aspects of county government causes major problems. Because when Mr. Boyce says the board should approve all employees, we're told it undermines the authority of existing department heads and opens the door to nepotism, favoritism, and contributes to the culture of fear at the county, what Brian Grumman calls patronage. It is a really hard problem to fix because of of this patronage kind of an environment that's been laid over the top, that all these people have learned what they have to do to keep their job. And, you know, what else are they going to do in the community? If you've got a good-paying job, if your assessor or if your clerk of court, what else are you going to do to get that kind of money? So you better find a way to do what you have to do to keep that job. It doesn't make it right. It's just what it is. Now, you know what really kind of teed me off, though, is here just before the two of them retired, they get huge raises. Raises in in excess of what everybody else in the county is getting so that they max out their purrs when they retire. Now, how does that happen? 
They can't get the raise themselves. So you have to have this system, you know, I call it the patronage system, that takes care of their own. So they both got taken care of just before they retire. Grumman is talking about the 13 and 14 percent raises that both Jim and Renee Colon got in 2021 and the 3 and 4 percent raises they received in 2022. So over the past two years, the Colon household increased its income by almost $29,000. Now, rumor has it both of the Colons are retiring soon, and both of them are vested in the public employee retirement system known as PERS. PERS benefits are calculated in part on your salary when you retire. Jim Colon's current salary is $81,885 per year, and Renee Colon earns $79,310 a year. KCIW reached out to both County Clerk Renee Colon and to Assessor Jim Colon multiple times for our report, but have yet to hear from either one of them. You know, there should be separation of things, and I know in rural counties, because they're very limited in the amount of people um, that you have to, to, to choose from for elected offices. Curry County Commissioner Chris Pash. But to have a husband and a wife, one is the assessor and deals with properties and transfer of properties and assessment of properties and those kind of things, and his wife is the county recorder. And that just, to me, um, I don't know, you know, maybe state should look at or county, I don't think it could be county government, but state and federal government should look at that separation because, and I'm not saying there's anything to that, don't misunderstand me, but it sure, it sure has a poor visual effect when you're, when you're seeing all this other stuff happen. It just doesn't look good. Well, I've been told that we are 18 years behind in assessments for Curry County. Is that correct? Have you heard that? Do you know anything about that? I have that? heard that. Actually, that that, uh, uh, that that came from Assessor Colon. Now, at the last budget committee, he says he's down to, I believe, 10 or 11 years behind. But imagine the millions and millions of dollars that that has cost into the general fund and the taxing districts of this county. Because if you're not collecting the tax, that is costing this, the districts and inevitably the uh, the county and the sheriff's department millions and millions of dollars. So Curry County's government uses property tax dollars to help fund its operations, and Curry County is behind on its tax assessments. The county is running in the red financially, and all of that is reportedly entrenched in a patronage system. Brian Grumman says that it's going to be really hard to change the culture or the system here. Fixing this is not an easy thing to do. And of course, outsiders are going to be resented because everybody knows that it's basically a broken system, but they're afraid of how it's going to affect them if we fix it. I mean, all these people that own property that aren't being uh, assessed the proper valuation because we haven't done a lot of... uh, um, assessments in, you know, 20 years in some cases or more. They're going to find out I built that garage. They're going to find out I did this. That ends up, uh, that threatens a lot of people. And that seems to be another problem with Curry County's government. KCIW is told there are rules, but they're not followed by everyone. The elected officials reportedly turn a blind eye for friends. So permits and fees are waived. 
and elected officials also reportedly regularly override department heads and supervisors, reversing or confusing decisions and making it tough for employees to figure out what to do or who to please. Brian Grumman says in his experience of making organizations successful, that's a mistake. So that's number one, the biggest rule. You can't have a system where the management of an organization is not focused on productivity and and actually doing a service, because the county government is a service organization, basically. So it should be focused on providing those services to the population in general, not serving the commissioners. And that's what happens when you have the commissioners doing it. The problem you get into, like I said, is also that the commissioners change every so often, so that it really puts strains on any system to, except it's a patronage system, that suddenly the person that I'm doing favors for is not there anymore, and I have to do favors for the new person, so everybody's off balance. That issue of commissioners coming and going by elections is why former Commissioner Sue Gold believes the county should be run by a full-time administrator, overseen by commissioners who are paid a small stipend. I am firm believer, and I can't say this enough, a firm believer in having a manager manage the county. Why is having a non-elected county operations manager or supervisor so important to you? Because they have the training, number one. Number two, there's more consistency. They're not elected every three or four years, so they're not dependent upon the voters. And they're answerable to the commissioners. I realize that. But we just need the expertise when you're you're handling that much money. And we're talking millions of dollars, and this is taxpayer money. You need to have someone that knows what the heck they're doing. And that's why in April of 2018, Gold and then-Commissioner Tom Huxley voted to hire Clark Schroeder to assume the position of county administrator. Mr. Boyce opposed the hire. Later that year, Commissioner Pash was elected to Huxley's seat, and one of the first things the new board did was to terminate Schroeder's position. Gold voted against the move. Others on the board felt like they knew how to run the county better than those who were trained to be administrators. And I felt very strongly, in fact, so strongly that I lowered my salary for two years, that there should be an administrator because those running for commission, there, there really are no requirements for an individual running for commission. So I felt very strongly that there should be an administrator, and that's what I ran my campaign on, and I would run it again the same way if I were to run again, because I think that there needs to be a professional that's running a county of our size. Now, that's my personal opinion. That's also the opinion of many others who would agree with me. Brian Grumman says that Schroeder's position created a conflict between the people who wanted the rules to be followed and the old guard, the old boys club, who wanted things to stay the same. And remember, he knows what he's talking about. Grumman made a living turning failing businesses around, and he was a volunteer at the county when Administrator Clark Schroeder was there. He came in and I thought he was doing a wonderful job. But Clark made the mistake of going out and trying to enforce um, the uh, rules and regulations of the county. And what happened, of course, people then call up court and complain that he was coming up and he's going to make me uh, 
file and get a building permit. He's going to make me do this and that. The legitimate things that Clark was trying to do, and court would get in and interfere. And as a result, the whole thing came to a head. I think if you remember, there was a court case where Clark was trying to insist that uh, um, court basically follow the budget and not spend money that wasn't within the budget. And the whole thing kind of blew up and the result, Clark was fired. But, you know, fired for doing his job. And I don't know how else he could have tried to get his job done. So I was pretty upset with um, Court's heavy-handed, uh, I know best kind of an attitude on that whole thing. Interference with your job, harassment on the job, retaliation, and the stress that comes from working in a toxic environment has an effect on the people who work at the county offices. Morale is low, gossip is high, but good jobs are hard to come by in Curry County, and County Treasurer Dave Barnes says that's why he believes employees stay, even though they're afraid of some of the elected officials there. Why, why would people, why would employees of the county be afraid of one of the commissioners? Because he, um, he controls whether they work or not. You know, this is Curry County. There's very few positions for finance people, for human resources people, for planners or for building people or anything else. If you don't work, if you have a job for the county, there's very little chance that you're going to get a similar position in another corporation in the county. There's just not the jobs there. You know, if you look at it, I mean, who has human resources departments in this county except for South Coast Lumber and the hospital and the county? You know, I'm just, I'm not saying that, I'm not implying that human resources is fearing for her position. I'm just using that as an example. You know, there's very few finance directors in the county. There's very few people who work in, you know, promoting tourism and industry. There's very few people, you know, there's no other jobs if you were a planner or a building inspector or something like that. So, you know, there's just, there's not a lot of other work out there. And Commissioner Boyce knows this. He, um, you know, I know for a fact that he's been attempting to get another group to come in and take over economic, the economic development department. He's threatened to get rid of the finance department before and threatened Mr. Rickards, the finance director's job. Uh, you know, he just, he, he believes that he has that he is the king and he can do whatever he wants. People afraid of me. That is really baffling, incredibly baffling. I'm the I'm the the most people person you'll meet in a long, long time. I mean, I have relationships on both sides of the political aisle, um, and I could give you plenty of examples. Um, you know, would it be better and easier for them if I was gone? No. But in their minds, they probably think that I'm fighting to keep their, I'm fighting to keep their jobs. I'm fighting to manage this county well. I'm fighting to overcome this constant bickering and and undermining uh, that I don't I don't start these fights. But there are fights and personal attacks, and Curry County residents are suffering because of it. Treasurer Barnes says the county is in its last gasps financially and is operating at a deficit. There literally isn't enough money to pay its bills. So unsurprisingly, the county is looking at different ways to increase revenue. Treasurer Barnes is promoting a seasonal tax to take advantage of tourism dollars. And you may have heard something recently about ARP, the American Rescue Plan. Federal money that was designed to help small businesses stay open and counties like Curry to keep public workers on the job and paid. 
But on July 20, 2022, Commissioners Court Voice and John Herzog voted to spend a quarter of a million dollars to buy county vehicles using ARP money. Commissioner Pash voted no. Treasurer Barnes called it a scheme. Brian Grumman is suspicious. But the problem is there's even more money that's going to be given to the county, and I just do not believe it's going to be well spent. I think it's going to be squandered. But, you know, that's well, they just, they just voted to spend a quarter of a million dollars of ARP money to purchase vehicles for the county. Yep, which they will sell after they uh, uh, are fully depreciated at six months to county employees or something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but the number of county vehicles that gets that uh, uh, are obsolete or used up after a year of, or, or maybe as much as two years of service to county employees is extraordinary. You go back and look at those numbers. Excuse Can you tell me that again? Because I've never heard that. Tell me what you're saying again. Be very clear. What happens Brian. is they buy county vehicles, and after one or two years, they uh, are found to be at the end of their useful life, and they're sold at a, a greatly reduced price to some county employee. And it's that kind of allegation that has many, including former Commissioner Sue Gold, talking about changing the way the Board of Commissioners works, expanding it to a five-person board. She thinks that would eliminate some of what she calls the shenanigans that goes on at the county. I think a five-member board would help tremendously with part-time commissioners. Maybe one full-time, but mostly part-time. Work it like the ports or the school board or whatever, get competent management in there. Commissioner Chris Pash also believes a five-person board would be a better way to govern. The public needs to understand what's happening in this county. The reason I'm doing this interview is to, so the public can learn exactly what's happening in this county. And they are the people in charge to fix it. Um, if they want to do a recall, if they want to... Um, you know, change the way the county government is. I believe there should be five commissioners, not three. I would love to see five commissioners. Either they're all um, uh, work on a stipend or they three of them, as they are now, work for pay and two of them are part-time uh, that work for a stipend, but they all have an equal voice on the board and they're all elected onto the board. I know, I, you know, the, and they'll say, well, that's been voted on and voted down. If people really understood the way this county was run, they wouldn't vote that down. And why wouldn't you want to have five voices uh, to make decisions and not three? The, the more the more broad your your uh, input is to meetings and decisions, the better decisions you'll have. So, uh, but well, one of the reasons to have a, a five member commission would be for public meeting laws. That's been something that has been brought up um, multiple times in the. BOC meetings is that there are that there are limitations because there are three of you. Can you talk to me about what that has meant um, with regard to efficiencies at the county, getting things done? Well, and and that's the other thing is we we really can't get a lot done, and I'm I'm the one that's been pushing that forward to have five commissioners, and one of the big reasons for that is is that two commissioners can actually sit in a room and work on ideas and and develop those ideas rather than having a a secret meeting behind closed doors or or 
trying to come up with ideas on our own and then having it, you know, done in, in on a Wednesday afternoon in a workshop. There are rumors of a ballot measure proposing a five-member board of commissioners, and there are other behind-the-scenes issues that could get very public very soon. Curry County is reportedly on the radar of the American Civil Liberties Union. KCIW is told the ACLU is aware that Commissioner John Herzog regularly opens county meetings with Christian prayers and recently taunted those who chose not to participate in those prayers as, using his exact word here, crybabies. And again, all of this is taking place at a time where Curry County is becoming increasingly unable to take care of its own business. The county's public health services are already in the hands of the state, and Treasurer Barnes says he wouldn't be surprised if the state took over all of Curry County's services. In fact, KCIW is told the governor's office has its eye on Curry County right now. Brian Grumman says that's a good thing. If it happened, I think that's the best thing that could happen, because it's the only way you're going to break up this incestuous kind of environment we've got here. And, you know, I'm, in saying this, I'm probably giving you the wrong impression. There are not bad people working in the county. There are just people that have adapted to the environment they're in and work in that environment. Some of those people would probably do very well in a formalized form of management where people are held accountable for their actions and you have to enforce policies and procedures and all the rest of it. I don't know that. I'm just saying that the change would be substantial. And if the state came in, it would certainly, well, it might not. I was going to say it would break up the patriotic environment, but the state is the state, you know, and, and some of these threads go upward as well as downwards as far as um, one hand washes the other. Former Facilities and Maintenance Director Chet Brewer says that patronage system is going to be tough to get rid of. It gets so hard uh, fighting a fight by yourself against the colons in court. You know, it's just the stress, uh, the bullshit, the crap, the covering, the worrying about your job, the worrying if you're doing what's right, wrong. Nobody truly knows what they're doing. They skim by. Um, just, I don't know. It's a sad state. It's a really sad state, and it and it seems like the voters of Curry County don't know. It's That's like exactly it's a, right. If they only knew. I'm I'm hoping that you're going to do all you can do to get this out because the public needs to be made aware of what's happening in this county. The thing that bothers me most is that I don't think the people are being served. Well, I think that the citizens of Curry County live in probably the most beautiful place in Oregon. And there's a lot of good businesses and business owners there and, and citizens. And um, I would hope that they look at the situation in the commissioner's office over the last few years and realize that they need to ask more of their elected officials. Um, the elected officials should be working for them, not for themselves or not, you know, uh, it it has to be a team effort, and um, it's a beautiful place, and they, they they need to hold their elected officials accountable for their behavior. KCIW would like to thank everyone who contributed to this report. It's difficult to speak up, and it's even more difficult to speak truth to power. More than a dozen people spoke both on and off the record, and we appreciate their courage and their candor. You can find a copy of this report and accompanying documents on the KCIW website. 
That address is kciw.org. We encourage you to visit kciw.org and learn more about KCIW. We are an all-volunteer, nonprofit, 501c3 organization. KCIW depends on your contributions to keep us on the air, so donate early and donate often to KCIW. And if you're interested in volunteering, we're interested in you. There are lots of ways you can get involved, from your own show to scheduling, editing, and reporting. Always something going on at KCIW, and we'd love to have you join us. From all of us here at the KCIW station, thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. For KCIW News, I'm Lori Gallo-Stoddard. Mm-hmm.